Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's Aurania. I'm here with Glenn and Darcy. Today we will be discussing the following. If you like your kids, buy them RSPs. If you love your kids, get them real estate. So, <laughs> I love this. Thoughts? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this definitely won't be biased. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, <laughs> No, but it's a really great topic. Um, it's, I, I'm really fascinated to see what you guys think. I know we're all probably going to land on real estate because this is a real estate podcast. But I mean, it is worth pointing out uh, some of the differences and the advantages. I don't want to beat up on the financial services industry because we are a part of it in some ways. Um, and I use them. So who wants to go first? I'm, I'm easy. <laughs> well, okay. I'll, I'll okay, jump cool. on this. And we'll, we'll kind of work together through this because I think yeah, we yeah. have a lot of the same points, right? Like people who listen to this, we don't... Uh, we don't plan this out. We give like we get like a sentence to work with, and then we we come with our own uh, idea to go with this. Um, but I think it's kind of obvious. Like if you were going to uh, buy your kid a house, and then you know twenty years later, you know just obviously just by doing nothing, by having some tenants pay it down, you've paid down like depending where you're living, a half million dollar house. Twenty or twenty five years of it done, right? Um, so you've paid off a lot of this house by just even doing that. And we're not even thinking about some of the other perks of real estate, like appreciation. Um, there, there's lots of reasons to do, you know, there'd be actually probably a cash flow that comes from this as well. Uh, ideally, you're buying this well enough. And the perk that you're not actually making the payments um, for these, you're having someone else make the payments for your kid's future, right? Um, and the tricky part, I think, is that you actually you can't actually put this actually in their name as far as I know, right? You can't put this in their kid, the kid's name, right? Um, but in all honesty, I talked to and I have enough friends and I, this topic has come up that in, in relatives and other, all kinds of people, I'm not just gonna throw this into my friend group, but I think the main point is that you need to do something. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have... Um, uh, I don't even want to classify which group they, these people are coming from, but I have, I know people that they're just, they haven't done anything for their kids. They haven't done RESPs. They haven't done RRSPs. They haven't done anything for these children, right? For schooling or for their future. And they're, you know, all, all the weakness is that a lot of us, we just assume that the government's going to save us, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, because they've made that promise. Yeah, they have uh, sort of they've yeah. made the verbal promise, but the actuality of it is around six hundred and forty dollars a month. You know, I, I turned fifty nine in the fall, so I got a letter from uh, the Canadian government saying, hey, do you want to do you want to opt in early or do you want to retire or do you want to wait? Um, I waited. I consulted my guy and said, no, we're going to wait because it's all going to get clawed back anyhow. I'm going to opt in and get nothing of it. So yeah. I think to, to Glenn's point, there's lots of great things in here, but that's a really, I, I wrote this down at the bottom of my sheet, pick a lane and commit to it. If you're not doing anything, that's a, that's the only mistake here. Mm -hmm. There's lots of great products in the financial services industry. And if you're not using one of them start and you should have started before, like the, what's the one rule of finances, you know, when's the best time to invest like 30 years ago. And the next best time is right now. Anything else is, is crazy. Yeah, um, I had for my old, even my old job, I had people I knew that I worked with that yeah. didn't opt into the RSP match program. 
Like they matched it. It was doubled instantly. It doesn't matter if you believe in RSPs or uh, mutual funds or whatever. It was doubled uh, right away. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it, this is the crazy thing. Finances is not a religion. You don't have to believe in it. It's verifiable, right? Yeah. It's closer to science than religion. It's in the domain of science. This is, you know, sometimes there's losses, but it's not a faith-based sort of uh, enterprise. It's, it's just fact. That's, that's nuts. The other one too, which you, you cannot understand people not doing it. I, I know there's, there's financial thresholds to it, but even if you're putting 10 bucks in, the government and it would do an RESP for your kids for an educational savings plan, the government will match 20%. You get a 20% guaranteed return from the government. How can you not do that? Like, you, you can't get that return guaranteed anywhere. You need to do that. And um, I credit a lot of this. My thinking on this is from reading The Wealthy Barber, uh, probably third edition. Um, if you're, you haven't read it, it's a tiny bit dated, but it's an easy read and not much in that book has changed. The updated version of it is no better than, is slightly better than the first one. If you get anyone in I actually like store, the first one better. I, like I do too. I do too. I think he was inspired. Yeah. Um, and it was well-earned his accolades for that book and the, and the publication and the breadth that that thing reached was well-earned because it was really simple and straightforward. And the underlying message was do something. You cannot afford to not do something in this case. Um, I credit him. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, he's one of the dragons too. He's, he's, he's really sharp. Um, and also my, my financial planner. I'm, you used to be able to see him if you wanted to go on to Northfield Drive in Waterloo. There's the Daily Grill there. And he'd mm -hmm. have breakfast there. I think it was every Wednesday. If you wanted to run into him, he was there. Wow. I mean, that's incredible availability. That's yeah. unbelievable. I credit a lot of my thoughts on this stuff, though, too, to my, my guy, uh, Gerald Gertzen, to Thomas Wealth. He's one of the top handful or 50 planners in the in the country and i'm lucky enough to have him and for the last 20 years he's made sure my kids will have as much money as they need for for education um my i've got one that's almost all the way through and we barely tapped it and that's, that's a, incredible that's incredible i know i know i just and it was a pain it was difficult there's times when you know when How we're did making you do it though did you was it resps or what do you mean yeah so what resps so saying you didn't tap it, were you coming up with the money yourself then? Or how did you not? I did. I had no benefits when I first started working with my father-in-law. We had no benefits. He put me on as a contractor and nothing. And my wife and I discussed this and we said, we thought this, that 20% alone makes this an important investment for us that we cannot pass, uh, pass by. And the chance of sending our kids to university, both Karen and I had to pay for our own university. Um, it was not a high value. My wife comes from a fairly traditional family. Uh, her father paid for four months of secretarial school and then nothing past that. I mean, that sounds like a story out of the 19th century, but it's the truth. He didn't see her having any need to have anything more than a stenographer's uh, training. And my family were uh, vehemently opposed to secondary, edu post secondary education. It was the seat of the great Satan. I would become secular and lose my faith. Um, so there was, there was no money for that. Um, we thought we're not going to have that on our kids. So we put $200 a month, which was an enormous amount. That was 10% of our earnings, our after-tax earnings, just under 10% of our after-tax earnings into RESPs for years, for more than a decade. Our wage didn't change. It was an enormous sacrifice. But now my daughter could go to Oxford if she wanted. That's how well um, Gerald has looked after our stuff. Um, so you know, on that same sort of note, what I've been looking at is the government gives us money for having young kids. Mm -hmm. It is their money. 
And yeah. if you just, you know, if so you want to do both of these things, you have like, you buy the kids a house. I haven't done that yet, but see, you bought them a head, so you get all those perks. And then you want to do the, the RASP thing. You could literally just take the money from the government that isn't even really your money, right? Okay. Um, and, you know, I know some people need it to survive, um, but I, I don't treat it that way. I treat it as the kids' money. You just put it into your car, kids' RESP, and how, how fast will that jump, right? How much faster will that mm -hmm. grow? Yeah. yeah. I, I know that my, my, my children have their RESP is way above what the average person has a savings if you Google it. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, we're making a case for RESPs, and we're real estate guys, and RESPs and RIFs and uh, all the others. Um, I would say though, I'm yeah, in real estate because yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have all of these and I, I would say in, in all modesties, you should have a little bit of all these things. You should have just a regular daily a savings account. That's ready money that you don't have to wait 30 days on a term to get it out. Everybody should have that. If you don't, that's probably the first thing that you should save. You know, if I'm being dad like here at 59, that's the first thing. That's your rainy day fund. And if it's wrapped in tinfoil and in your freezer, that's still good. You're getting as much interest there as you get in RBC or CIBC or Bank of Montreal. It's not interest. This is the interest you have in that is that your go money in case something really terrible happens. You know, and I have these apocalyptic thoughts where maybe someone gets kidnapped. So I need to have a quick $800 to get my wife back. I mean, it's a modest story. Um, it's not going to be millions, although she's worth that. If she's listening um but you should have that right you should have that first and then you should start working out the other ones from that and real estate tends to be out the, at the far end of this if it's not your family home that you're living in investment real estate it takes a while um you know a 20 year old with, with investment real estate is an extraordinary thing it's like a unicorn they don't really happen it usually takes a it takes time but often the other things are in order as well you're a good money manager before you get your first piece of real estate um, I do think the difference between real estate and RRSPs, um, I, I thought of three things. They're heritable. You can inherit real estate. I, what I own, after I pay the appropriate taxes to the authorities, I can gift to my children. They're going to have to pay taxes and everything else, but it's heritable, whereas RRSPs are not. They have to be riffed out at 71. Um, they have to be wrapped up and sold and, and disposed of through an estate. Whereas, you know, so their earning power disappears when you die, whereas I, I could gift or um, bequeath a um, fourplex that's paid off to my children. And once they pay the appropriate taxes, it continues to produce income for them and it continues to appreciate in the market. And that's one difference between those financial planning tools and real estate. It's an asset that can be inherited. Um, second one that I really love is it's, um, uh, we have heritability, we have responsibility. My children are learning the responsibility of property ownership. Um, it's a job. It's different than an investment you put in a bank and leave to someone else to work at. And my rule about money is it's either worked on or it disappears. It either grows or it goes. Someone is working on your money. Someone's either working to take your money from you or working on making it grow. And, and I'd rather be that person that's working on it. So it's a responsibility and I, I can bequeath that responsibility to my children. The third one why I like real estate is it's a utility. I can't control an equity fund. Whatever Bob Dunn does with Main Street, I have no control. And with these stocks and, and stuff and you know uh, market stuff, they don't even have to tell you till 60 days after they did something that they took all their money out of the company. You don't have to look further than Enron to see that all the major players in Enron took their money out of it long before they told the investors. 
that can happen and you don't have control of your investment. You're looking at market forces and diversification and sector investing and stuff like that. Whereas in real estate, you have control. You have control of refinance and dividends and wages and refinances and all the tools that are implicit in real estate. You have control of it. That's why I like it. I, um, but I like all those others as well. I just, you know, that's why I'm in real estate because I can control those things. What, what about you, Ari? You didn't leave me out your talk at all. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, it's a conversation I've had with a friend who's, um, who are, whose opinion I really respect. And uh, it's also a question, you know, what do you want to give your children? Do you want to, because th there is a value, you know, the value of money, understanding, you know, that, um, you know, the importance of earning your own money. And because um, I, I always thought, okay, I'm going to build a portfolio and then my daughter can inherit it. But um, but is it the right thing to do? Is it the, and I like the idea of, you know, an RESP, you know, you make 20% and then, you know, it has to be, uh, has to go towards education. You know, education is key. And yeah, but the, the, the beauty of, a, of, a, of real estate with the, uh, appreciation uh the mortgage pay down like you were saying um and when you look at our rsp itself you know you save on taxes when you contribute but you get um you, you you're taxed heavily uh, it's my understanding you get taxed heavily when you when you withdraw um yeah you have to wait to 71 when you're not earning anymore to take it out and riff it out uh with a what is it called a registered retirement income fund so by 71, you have to be withdrawing it. You cannot grow it past then. Yeah. And uh, in terms of returns, if you look purely at returns, I know on average, you know, historically, the, the US uh, S&P 500, which is a, a little more diversified than our, uh, our index here in Canada, has returned on average 9.9%, uh, close to 10% a year. And um, despite the cap rate being compressed right now in Canada, uh, I still see some return on investment close to um, uh, a little mid-teens. So, yeah, I think um, in terms of, if you purely consider returns, um, because of appreciation and other factors, you know, depreciation with real estate, real estate is still, um, is still a, a, good, a good asset class. Yeah. When I was in college, this is actually a little bit older of a strategy, but um, person I knew in my class, they got like a student loan from the government and uh, they, you know, you get access to a certain chunk of it off the start. And they took, I think it was like three, like 3% 3 or 5% and put it down on a house and bought a house, house hacked it all through college. And then whenever they had to pay back the student loan, the idea was to refinance the property and hopefully it would have been appreciating at the three to 5% that they put down to pay back the part that they'd stole or basically borrowed from the government as an interest free loan through college. And then they, they did also didn't pay rent through college because they bought a house, it was like a four bedroom, put three other roommates in and went right through college. A little bit of older strategy, but genius when I look back at it. Yeah, Man, I wish I was that smart. Yeah, yeah. I, My I, brother. Saw them. I saw them doing it, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh, that's cool. It's cool." <laughs> and it's the yeah. question, you know, do you want to you want to give it away to your children, or do you want them to experience it? You know, because house hacking is a fantastic strategy, so why not want to let them try it out? Well, I thought I wrote in my notes that it's a way to uh, earn your way into the business. Like if you work it, real estate, you can put your kids together, 
kids into it and make them earn their way into it um, by managing your stuff. In this case, they're man they're becoming a landlord for three other people that are renting. Yeah, you make um, them in charge of collecting the rents and yeah. you know, everything else. Because my I kind of did the house hack thing through college, but my parents bought the house, and so I was house hacking for them, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was collecting the rent and had to be the the landlord. Um, but they got to reap the benefits of having the house, owning the house. You're saying they were the geniuses in that they were story. The geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> well, they never talk about generational wealth in regards to RSPs. It stays in that generation, and I think that's one of the big differences. The generational wealth is available through uh, real estate and some of the world's wealthiest families have been able to transfer wealth um, on a big scale. The Windsors, the Queen of England, they own real estate for 400 years in the center of London and all over the country. That's where they make their money. On a smaller scale, it could be just a fourplex or the family home is a transfer of real estate wealth to the next generation. It'll be taxed in the estate. But I think that real estate in that way becomes available as um, and that's what the author of that quote is getting at. Um, it is heritable. You can pass it on to your kids, and and you know is, uh, gives them access to generational wealth, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, so that's that's our these are our takes on the um, you know like or love your kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt really bossy. Was I really bossy today? Never. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. And uh, if you want to submit a question, feel free to do it at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Advancedreitalk at gmail.com. And it will be our pleasure to cover it on the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Bye, Bye everybody.